Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival. The 8th annual New York City premiere will be October 2023, along with the 5th annual New York Cat Film Festival before traveling the country, supporting local animal welfare groups. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at TracyHotchnerPets.com. I would not be able to bring you this show without the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. This show would not be possible without the longtime support from Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food. Other pet food companies may have copied them over time, but Waruva remains privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards, not investors who focus on profits. A quick word of explanation about my next guest, Laura Cohen in Mexico City. I learned about her through the beautiful book, In Good Company, Notable People with Their Pets by Johanna Siegman. And I interviewed her for my brand new show, Exotic Pets with Dr. Doug Mater. I wanted to share it with you here, both because it's an extraordinary story and a marvelous woman who is herself a photographer, but also to encourage you to dip into my show, Exotic Pets. It's full of people and creatures that you probably have not encountered before, which is one of the joys for me. So sit back and listen to myself and Laura Cohen, but please pop over to Exotic Pets, which you can find on TracyHotchnerPets.com. I am so happy to find another extraordinary pet owner from Johanna Siegman's book, In Good Company, Notable People with Their Pets. I was fascinated by the professional photographer, Laura Cohen, whose pets are two tortoises. She lives in Mexico City. And Laura, welcome to the show. And I'm just fascinated by the idea that tortoises, Pedro and Petra, are your pets. How did you come to choose them, or how did they choose you? Hi, Tracy. Nice to talk to you. And you. Well, um, I chose, I was doing a, an, assi- uh, an assignment on a book about Mexico City's most important markets. And there's two markets in Mexico City where everything is sold, everything that is sold there is alive. 
No, they really? sell fishes, they sell tropical fishes and aquarium normal sweetwater fishes, and they sell iguanas and bunnies and dogs and puppies, and they're really interesting, very, wow. very, very interesting markets. And I was um, just walking around, and I saw a box full of mice. And then and there was Petra in there, and I felt horrible for her. Mm. And I saw the, the beautiful uh, the tortoise shell she had, and I said, I'm going to take her home. You know, as a visual artist, I saw the beauty in the shell. Really, that's, and that's how I bought her. And I bought her, and I brought her home because I needed to save her from the mice. What, why, do, why do you think they had her in that box with mice? Because these markets, um, sometimes the people are not so careful about the way they keep their the animals. Understandable, animals. yes. And so I think it was that it was just negligence on the part of the owners of the of the. What was he booth. selling? That makes sense because people that that sell live animals don't view them as pets or emotional touchstones for someone else. It's a business. It's a commodity. But what were they, just out of curiosity, were they selling the mice to feed to snakes, which somebody else was selling, or were the mice pets as well? I think for both reasons. That's a very interesting question. And I thought, I think it was for both reasons, because there's people that do own boas and, or pythons. I don't know. It's pythons, the ones that, that eat. They need mice. So I think that it was for both purposes. So I brought her home. I didn't know exactly what to do with her. And I had heard, well, I had done a photograph in the 90s with a tortoise that a friend of mine, um, I borrowed from a friend of mine. And I fell in love with that tortoise. And that tortoise's name was Petrus. And I said, well, you know, these tortoises are going to outlive me, and so I'm going to name this one Petra. And I started just feeding her lettuce because I didn't know. And slowly I learned all the nutrition, the, the, what, what they need, the nutritious uh, vegetables they need to eat. Where did you and learn so, that, uh, Laura? Where, where does I one took, go? Well, you can, I think you can go online. But I went directly to my vet, and the vet told me, you know, you have to feed her dark green. Anything that's dark green is good for her. Nice. And uh, she to- and the vet told me, if you and here we eat a lot of zucchini flowers. Right. And he told me, oh, zucchini flowers and lettuce is like feeding a child chocolate. No There's kidding. no nutrients. They love it, but they won't be, it's not nutritious for right. them. Right. So I started feeding them lots of kale. They love kale. They love broccoli. They love cactus. Wow. They love, uh, they eat the same things I do, actually. Do you eat cactus uh, as well? I know that's that's on the, the plate in Mexico, not with the not with the pricklers, but the the cactus pear? Or what part of the cactus do you eat? The leaf, the round one, what they call in Spanish nopal. Yes. And it's cut up and used raw in a salad, right? Yeah. So they love that. And so I got Pedrito, 
So Petra, she was like probably one year old when I bought her. One year old is not too old for a turtle, for a tortoise. So then I said, I don't want Petra to be by herself. I don't know if it's important or not. So I went to the same market, I asked around, and somebody told me, oh, yeah, we can give you, we can get you a tortoise, you know, because I knew the the kind of tortoise, because in tortoises, there's a lot of spe- uh, species. There's not just one, you know, there's a lot of different ones. So what species this was one, she? Berlandieri. Berlandieri. And, and Berlandieri, like Berlandieri. Berlandieri. What a wonderful yeah. word. And did you have to, were you expected, was it a good idea to get another of the same species of tortoise? Would she have had problems with a different species? I never thought of it. I just went with my instinct, really. Good. I, I, I just said, well, I'm going to buy her a husband. <laughs> And so I bought the husband, but when they gave me the husband, the husband was one inch long. Oh, my goodness. He, he had just been born. You know, he was one-third the size of a big pen. No kidding. Yeah. And so I took him to the vet, and the vet told me, why are you doing this? He's going to <laughs> die. You have to give him back. <laughs> I'm sorry and to I laugh, told, but we're all so ignorant, all of us, yeah, when it comes to pets. We are. We don't know any better, and we have these great impulses. It's really the whole reason for this show, Exotic Pets, is to celebrate people who say, I want something different than a dog or cat, but to recognize that it's a constant process of learning and getting education. You're very fortunate that you had a, a veterinarian who was knowledgeable about exotics. That's not common, but perhaps it is in Mexico. Maybe people have lots of unusual to Americanize kinds of pets. But he said that... There are more things, more... Yeah, I've seen some pretty weird things in, at the vet, you know, <laughs> weird weird pets That's funny. at the vet. I saw a woman that had a crow... Really? They're supposed to make great pets, though. Really smart. Yeah, and there the crow, there he was. There was the crow, and he would go with her in in her motorcycle. No. So, yeah, you see some strange things here and there. That's so cool. Well, so he said, listen, Pedro is one inch long. He cannot survive at all, much less with Petra, who was a good-sized little tortoise at that point, right? She was a year old. So what did you yeah. do? You and kept him, of course. Of course. I said, I told my son, well, the vet says I should return him. And my son said, he's going to die if you return him. Probably true. You'd better just take care of him here. <laughs> and that's why I, what I did. And, you know, I gave him a slice of very thin carrot, oh. and he ate it. You could oh. see the, his, the mouth form of the teeth in the carrot. Oh, how adorable. And I said, oh, this this one's mine. Did you take and a so photo? Now, Did you take a photo of his bite of the carrot? No, I didn't take a photo of the bite of the carrot. I, I wish just you have had. a photo of him next to a big pen because, you know, just to, to, to know what size he really was. Oh, my goodness. Well, that you will have to share with us, along with the beautiful photos taken by Johanna in your studio. I must have little Pedro when he was the size of a big pen. So uh, were you able to put the two tortoises together, or would Petra have accidentally squished him? 
No, no, Petra was very, uh, she actually never minded him. But now he's a, he's an old, he's now he's a young man. He's six, seven years, six, six years old, because I bought him in 2016. Okay. And uh, now he goes after Petra because he wants to mate with her. Oh, so what will happen? Is there going to be romance? Are there going to be little babies? Well, Petra laid an egg last July or August. So I took her to the vet, and he said, well, we, have to, we don't know if there's more eggs. You have to x-ray her. Oh so we goodness. did an x-ray, oh and she has two more eggs inside of her. Wow. And I thought that she would lay the eggs right away. The, lay she, the, lay, the egg she laid was not fertilized. So that egg, after three months of keeping it here, I finally I just put it inside. I dug it and put it inside a, the, one of my um, plants. Nice. Pots, pots with plants. To and be a fertilizer. It. Yes. And but she still has two eggs inside of her, and they're very slowly moving. Imagine this was in July, and My I took her goodness. like two months ago, and the egg has started to shift. That's how long and it takes. Obviously, that's how long it takes. But meanwhile, these won't be fertilized either, right? Because Pedro wasn't in in the in the right mood at the time. I no, I think he's a, he's he goes after her a lot. Actually, we laugh. The woman that helps me here at home, she comes to help me do some house cleaning, right. and she goes, "Oh, Pedrito is in the mood. Look at him." <laughs> but we don't know if that egg had already been formed inside her when he started being amorous, so that the surprise is yet to come. What an incredible, I mean, this is the kind of thing, Laura, that I think is so fascinating for those of us that don't have exotic pets. And those people who do have them or want to have them and don't realize the complications and the cost to be a proper guardian. I mean, the cost of x-raying a tortoise and the vet visit and then, you know, fill in the blanks, the other things you might need to do. It's a responsibility and it comes with cost and an obligation. So I salute you for doing it. And I hope that people listening realize it's not just a living rock, a tortoise. It has a whole emotional life. And it also has a sexual life. And it also has a physical and reproductive life, doesn't it? That is so true. And what you're saying is very true about, you know, the responsibility of pets. I have always said that I am not a good mother of pets, because I'm always in and out. Right. You know, mm-hmm. as a photographer, my my schedules are, I can't, I don't know how long something is going to take me to do. And so I decided that I was not going to have any pets. And then when Petra came along, I said, well, she's probably a big tortoise. They're low maintenance. Yes, they are, but they're not. Right. You have to really feed them right, I have to bathe them once a week, really? and I have to scrub their tortoise, their, their shells, yes, they have to be bathed once a week. And what do you scrub her shell with, a, a, a toothbrush? With a little kind of brush. A, a little very, special brush. I bought her a little special brush. <laughs> they have their special brush. That's so sweet. Now, what about a relationship? Do you feel that you have a bond with her? Well, I think you do have one with her. She tickles you, and they they both tickle you, so to speak. But do they 
do you think perceive you as a different person than other humans and have any kind of reaction or response to you? I don't know if they have another response to other humans. Right. I like don't your know house because cleaner. What about the lady who comes to clean the house? Do they have I a different interaction? I think they like her because she she carries them and she puts them outside. I have I live in an apartment. And I, there's a balcony, so we put them out in the balcony every day so that they have, they need to have sun, they need yes. to have radiation. Mm-hmm. And so we put them out in the balcony, but when I put them out, I feel they, they know it's me. Or sometimes when I come home and everything is dark, and if a friend comes over and we start talking, you can hear them, they start eating, you can hear the the crunchy, you know, they, <laughs> you can hear them crunch, crunch on their kale. <laughs> What a funny thing. So, and you think that's a way of, of expressing joy that you've come home? Well, I don't know that there's any joy in that for them because they like, they like, I think they, they don't like sound. They're very, they're very quiet. They just sit in a corner and they stay there for, they can stay there for a day or two. And they also hibernate. But the vet told me that I shouldn't allow them to hibernate because they don't have the correct conditions in the apartment. Right. Nor the temperature, nor, nor the That's a humidity. Good point. All of which would have to be very specific for a natural hibernation out in the wild. Exactly. So we move them around. They, they have a hot plate underneath there. They, there's a box where I put them at night with a hot plate. So there are well, many, there's, there's many moving pieces to it. I think it's yes. really wonderful that you still obviously get pleasure from them and you're interested in them, even though they can be completely still and somewhat lifeless in the corner for a day or two. And it doesn't matter to you. You're still fascinated by sharing your home with them, it seems, and your son as well, and even the people that share your life. I think... For me, it's very touching that an animal that, quote-unquote, gives you nothing back, nothing that is sort of tangible, that you enjoy taking care of them and appreciating them as a completely different creature on the planet. I think that's a really interesting relationship instead of the ones where there's a great deal of give and take and, you know, training and conversation and treat giving and trick training. I think it's, I think it's really cool. It's so beneath the radar in terms of pet ownership. And how, and how, long, how long do you think they will live? I'm sure you've been told. Oh, they live like 150 years. Whoops. Well, yeah, I, I told my children that they're going to be in, the, in my will. Yeah, and your son, but he's going to have to make some grandchildren because they're going to have <laughs> to get them as well. I mean, heavens to Betsy. Yeah. Well, I hope you're a very long-lived family so that you can continue to enjoy <laughs> Petra. And Pedro, and I guess... You know what gives me... I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, please. But what you were just saying, there's something that gives me great pleasure. And that is, they're in a safe environment. And I want them to... I I know they're safe. They know they're safe. And that nothing will ever happen to them. That's really nice. There's no prey around here. That's really nice. I mean... The various places I've lived, there have been places that even have signs, tortoise crossing of the road, and out in the Hamptons, some places in California, and certainly in in more tropical places like Mexico, and they get run over by cars. And 
heaven forbid, there's lots of cultures, I'm sure, sadly, perhaps Asian ones. They eat them. They eat them. They eat them, and then they use their their shells and their body parts for all kinds of human trinkets and human so-called medicine. So it's very nice to know that you have two very safe ones in your home. And if Petra's eggs ever emerge, and if they did get fertilized, oh my goodness, that's the beginning of another 150 years. Think twice. I will let you know. Oh, and yes. if it is fertilized, I'm already thinking, who am I going to give the little tortoise to? Yes. Because I don't want another one here. No, you, you have plenty. Two is, is a multitude. And also, yes. you've already invested six years. So, you know, you're six years into your 150 years. You've got to get someone else. You've got to pass the hot <laughs> potato, as we say. Laura, it's <laughs> wonderful to talk to you. I'm sure your photographs are beautiful, and I would love to to at least see the one of Pedro across from the big pen when he was a wee little sprout of a guy. That would be great fun to see. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for letting more people know that tortoises make very interesting pets, but they do have their requirements, and that's important too. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Tracy, for your interest, and long live the tortoises. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Wonderside, a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective natural way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your pets and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human-edible, ethically-sourced ingredients and gently-cooked dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and have been doing that for 14 years and answer only to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal, also privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative Dog Chew No Hide and the hybrid dog food Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky blue Weimarano Maisie will eat. <laughs>